Oh, before I get started, um, it's me again. <laughs> um, I, I just want to say that I, I appreciate all of you, um, your patience uh, through this transition that we're going through right now. Um, I'm just a normal guy that loves Jesus. I have love in my heart, and I don't mind doing this. This is, this is enjoyable to me. I learn, and I hope that Christ speaks through me to you. Um, Because I do spend a lot of time uh, in prayer and preparation for this, along with Oli and, uh, um, you know, everybody that does preaching up here. We do a lot of of time in prayer and and research and and doing this. So you got me. So if you don't like it, you know how I tell my kids, suck it up. (laughs) Nah, don't. No, I'm not that way. Um, nothing like that. I wouldn't tell anybody to suck it up, except for my kids. Ah, <laughs> oh, I have to confess to you. Last week I made a statement, and somehow it got out. Thanks, Jim. Um, and I made the statement that I had a wonderful weekend. You know, it rained. We had the first rain for the year, and my wife was gone, and I was all by myself. You know, but. Uh, you know, I, it's not, it's, it, it was a good weekend, but again, I have to confess to you that I did miss my wife, all right? And if you felt that any differently that what I portrayed in that message, ah, it wasn't accurate. I did miss my wife, so I apologize, honey. I love you very much. <laughs> All better. All right, I got a tough subject this morning, folks. Um, I had some bulletins made up. Um, They're for you. Um, My thoughts on the bulletins uh, were to give you the opportunity to write down your notes, any thoughts, prayers um, on that bulletin. If you haven't received a bulletin, they're right outside there. If, If you don't have one, I can get you one. My hope and prayer for you is to take that bulletin home, reflect on that scripture, okay? We're going to talk about life after death this morning. So it's, a, it's not a, a real elaborate um, subject to talk about because we all know that we're on this earth for a very short period of time. And as Christians, we have to prepare ourselves for that that final moment where we meet Jesus, okay? And a lot of us just live day and day and day out thinking, you know, it's just another day. And, uh, but it's okay to remind you, us, that death is going to happen. It's going to happen, And how we prepare ourselves is really important of how we prepare for that day before we meet Jesus. So I'm going to be reading out of uh, Scripture, John chapter 14, verse 1 through 4. Find it here.
John chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. It reads, oh, 14, sorry. John chapter 14, verse 1 through 4. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am. Heavenly Father, just open our hearts today, this morning. Help us to grasp the concept of of death and what it means uh, for us to meet you in heaven. And Lord, just open our hearts and speak through me, Father. And uh, we're just so grateful that you are here this morning. You're in our presence. We're so grateful for that. In Jesus' name, amen. When my father passed away a few years ago, um, I, di- I didn't think about death that, that much. And when he passed away, I just was wondering what really happened during that time. I wasn't there when my father passed away. Um, he passed away very suddenly, and unfortunately I wasn't there. But I knew in my heart that he was ready to see Christ. I knew he was ready to, to go to heaven. And uh, I asked myself, what really happens when, when one dies? Okay, And it's Facts, it's, fa- uh, it's, it's, um, it's fascinating uh, of what, you know, you can't just ask a dead person what the process is or what happens, okay? You have to go by what the professionals tell you. They'll, they'll tell you what happens during death. Um, so here's some facts about death and what the process is. I mean, it is a process. We all know that. Um, death is like, it, it's a process where you know, the first state of death is the clinical death, okay? Um, it, it, it can last anywhere from four to six minutes. At this time, okay, um, it, it, the person stops breathing, but the heart continues to pump blood. And believe it or not, during this time, there's enough oxygen in the brain that there's no brain damage occurring. So that person might be aware, might not be aware of what's going on. Other organs, um, like the kidneys and eyes, also remain alive throughout this clinical death process. It's just amazing to me. So that's what happens at the clinical stage of clinical death. The second stage of dying is the biological death. This is where the cells of the body begin to degenerate, okay? And the body's organs, including the brain and everything else, starts to shut down. Now, some doctors can uh, prolong that process by inducing hypothermia. And everybody knows what hypothermia is, this cooling of the body, and you'll be able to slow that process down. Um, I say this because that's the, the physical process of what really happens uh, when someone dies. But if we look at Jesus' words, um, there's a lot that show us 
where we go um, in the way of internal life. Uh, though unseen, it is secure, as secure as your past or trust in Jesus. He's also preparing a, a place, uh, a way for eternal life. Now, the only issue at this point is that you either believe or you don't believe in that process. Um, and it's up to you. If you believe in God, believe or not in God, you need to understand that process. That's what's going to happen. He, you know, God has prepared internal life for you, and it's up to you. It's not up to me. It's up to you to, to make that decision. There are a few scriptures that describe eternal life, um, but these few uh, verses are rich with promises. Now, in the, in, the, in the context here of John 14, verse 1 through 4, we notice that I'm going, he states, I'm going there to prepare a place for you, and I will come back, and we can look, I mean, we can come back. We can look forward to eternal life because Jesus has promised it to all who believe in him. Although the details of eternity are basically unknown at this point, we need not fear because Jesus is preparing for us and will spend eternity with us. So life after death, what does the Bible really say? There's, there's more to say about this. God created man from the dust, if you remember back in Genesis of the ground, and then breathe the spirit of life into him. So if you look at Genesis chapter 2, so therefore there are two parts to the human being. And chapter, Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 states, find it here. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man, and the man became a living being. As I mentioned before, uh, we know that the body goes or does not live forever. Um, everyone will, will die sooner or later. However, it is only the body that dies. So what happens to the spirit? So again, what happens to the body after the person dies? Again, we turn to the scriptures in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 3 verse 19. It states, "By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground and since from it you were taken." For dust you are, and dust you will return. So scripture tells us that when we die, that the body returns to dust. Okay? But what about, what about the spirit? So what exactly, exactly where does the spirit go? Now, the spirit of those who are believers... In Christ Jesus, go to a place called what? Heaven, or in this case, paradise, which is heaven. Now, this is where Jesus is now. And how do we know this? Because several scriptures tell us 
And, and, and it's just amazing what it tells us about paradise. Now, as we look in the book of Luke, it tells us about two thieves hanging on a cross. Do you remember that? And what did each one say to, to Jesus? Let's turn to Luke 23. Uh, 23. And then one thief said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into our kingdom. And Jesus said to him, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Now, first, Jesus said, truly, remember that? Assuredly, that means without doubt. This statement is true and will happen. Okay. Second, Jesus says, today. That means that as soon as a thief dies, his spirit will be in paradise. Jesus also said, with me, meaning that he and Jesus would be together after death. <laughs> Finally, Jesus named the place that the believer or believing thief would go, and that was paradise. So we know, we now know that these believing in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior will, after death, meet Jesus in a place called paradise. So let's look at this place called paradise. Is it heaven? Sure, yes. Is it heaven but not the final rest? Well, it's heaven, but it's not the final resting place in heaven. We've got to remember, we still need to go through that great white throne of the end time where the believers are facing God. So what happens to the spirit of those that are not believers in Jesus Christ when they die? So we're back to the non-believers now. If we turn to Luke 16, verse 19. Luke chapter 16, verse 19 through 26. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what, what fell from the rich man's uh, table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in, in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham for, far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to, to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. This is probably one of the best scriptures 
um, of the story where Jesus told his disciples about Lazarus the beggar, a believer, and then the rich man who was not the believer. And Jesus said to Lazarus, died when Lazarus died and went to paradise, but the rich man died and went to Hades. And, and listen to that part where the rich man's conversation when he realized that he was in Hades and in torment. So that's a very visual, visual aspect of what Hades and hell would look like or, or be like. And, and Hades is hell, yes. Uh, but it's not the final hell, just like paradise is not the final heaven. Um, again, we have to wait for that great white throne judgment where God will judge all mankind. Both the believers and the non-believers will have to face the great white throne judgment. Now, please, please note that God will accept all believers into the final heaven. Now, let me, let me explain a little bit about that. Accept all believers. Now, as believers, we do stumble. We do fall from grace. We have to pick ourselves up and get back on track. Okay? Uh, there's no guarantee until we meet God at that great white throne. But I, I'm here to say that the, but the non-believers will be cast into final hell along with Satan and along his demons where they will suffer torment for eternity. eternity. So hell is, is real, folks. And, and God describes it as a torment, a place of torment, agony, constantly. Now, getting back to death, it's not that, it's not something that we do in a week or a month, okay, for preparing for death. Um, there's no fixed time frame. Uh, in, a, in a broadcast sense, our whole life is a preparation. To the degree we can resolve those impressions and cultivate a spiritual perspective about ourselves and the world, we will greatly enhance the quality, quality of our experience, both during life and after death. I want to share some uh, suggestions uh, in regard to um, preparing for life after death. And if you have a bulletin, I didn't mention that on the back page of the bulletin or inner page of the bulletin. <clears throat> One of the suggestions would be the daily spiritual practice. Now, the most universal spiritual practice is the repetition, repetition of Scripture. Taking time in Scripture on a daily basis, your devotions, spending time in the Bible, and learning as much as you can with what Christ tells you. I'm reminded in Timothy uh, chapter 4, verse 7 through 8, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourselves for godliness, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. This verse instructs Timothy how he should be shaped by the gospel. Very important. 
Because we want to live like Jesus. We want to live like Christ. The other suggestion I have is forgiveness, forgiveness and redemption. Now, sooner or later, whether during our life or after death, we all must take responsibility for our past actions, for forgiving others. If you at any time have hurt someone and you feel it in your heart to apologize, apologize. Don't carry that grudge the rest of your life. Make it right. Apologize. Likewise, if someone has hurt you, forgive that person completely and without conditions. Now, this may take time for some of you. I know it happened to me when I went through my divorce, and it wasn't a a pretty sight, but I knew that God was with me. I knew Christ was with me, and I knew at one point that I would have to forgive everything that occurred in this chapter of my life, and I did forgive. And I moved on because that's what Jesus would want want me to do. But if it's hard for you, keep trying. Now, we might think that the person's behavior may be wrong, but we can still forgive the person. If you look in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8, it states... Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. I'm sorry. Verse 32, sorry. It says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Very, very powerful scripture. So ultimately, we forgive others because we realize it, it's, it's our own best interest to do so. Um, so keep that in mind. Now, this, this other suggestion is probably one of the most important out of all of these, and it's love. Now, love is just not simply an emotion. Get in the habit of loving people. Love is that spiritual connection that you have, that current that you have that projects to other people. And we must have this love, this current of love once we die. It's, it's hard to, to regain it back after, you're, after you die. Uh, you, you have to have that. Remember this. If we, if we lose sight of love during our life, it's going to be more difficult to really grasp that and gain that back after you die. And, and I'm reminded in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, above all, 
love each other deeply because love covers over a multiple of sins. Another suggestion is pay attention to the inner desires and motives. I'm sure all of you know what your inner desires are. Most of them are private and hidden from view. We hardly pay attention to them, but after death, our inner desires and motives are reflected outwardly that cannot be hidden. Now, this is worth thinking about. Because if you do have sin in your heart, you need to deal with that. Every time you have a lustful, hateful, selfish motive, it was obvious for everyone to see. So you might decide to um, pay more attention to it. You know, and we're never taught this. We go day and day out, and we we don't even realize it. But if you look at your motives and 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 your desires that are hidden in private, you need to deal with those, especially if they're in sin. Again, this fact is simple awareness of the truth that will have a transforming effect. In Galatians chapter five. Uh, 17, it, it says a little bit about this. So Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, and I read. I'll start at 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, God's God's Spirit gives those in Christ the power to serve others in love. We must allow the Holy Spirit to lead us in this particular situation. When we don't, our selfishness will lead us into all kinds of sinful lifestyles. We have to be very careful about that, folks. Now, when we live by the Spirit, on the other hand, we gain more than just being able to not live in sin. What comes out of us are a collection of powerful, positive characteristics. My next suggestion is cultivate a spiritual perspective. As humans, we view earth life as absolute terms, as if it were the the end all and be all existence. Now, this limited uh, perspective has a powerful grip on the human psyche. As a result, many people are in denial about death and refuse to consider the possibility of the afterlife. It is very valuable to cultivate a broader perspective of death, okay, We're on this earth for a very short time. This might be hard for you to take in, but I strongly suggest reading scriptures, pray, and cultivate a spiritual perspective of of what death is going to be like. And I guarantee, folks, it will help with the smooth progress of the stages for 
for death and to face death. We must become like Jesus, period. In Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 28 through 30, Uh, we read Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God forsaken, or for, for new, he also predestines to conform to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. I'm not just talking about the Bible knowledge gained through the years. I'm talking about becoming more like Jesus in character to prepare for death. That is why we have defined cultivation as growing in Christ-likeness. That cultivation is growing in Christ-likeness. Now in closing, um, we must choose while you are still living on earth if you will accept Jesus as Lord and Savior or have eternal life in heaven or choose not to accept Jesus Christ and be cast into hell like the rich man and to be tormented in hell for eternity. I'm reminded of a few gentlemen here that passed away, Ron Goodkuntz, um, you got Dan Silva, you have um, Jack McCormick, and there's many more. Those, those individuals, I'm telling you, had a heart of gold. They had a heart of gold. And if you ever knew them, they were an example of someone preparing for that, that death and meeting Jesus. I, I just I cannot imagine how wonderful that was for all of them. If you knew these guys, they had a heart of gold. They, they would serve. They would do anything for anybody. And they were true Christians. You can be like that. You can lead that example. And we, it's okay to be reminded. We are on this earth for a very short time, period of time, and we must be aware that death is ultimately going to happen. And what you do from now on is up to you. I'm standing in front of you, and I, I love you all. I pray for everybody. I pray for your salvation. If you're struggling with anything at this point, I'm available, our elders are available, and we're willing to sit down in private and talk with, with you and, and, and help you through this process, help you through this, this challenge. If you know anybody that is hurting outside, that is struggling, that needs Christ, please be an example. Take what I've talked about this morning Research a little bit more about death and what Christ has done for us and what Christ has prepared a place for us. I, I just can't wait to that, that moment. But I know that God has a, a purpose for me. He has a purpose for you. Okay, I'm just a normal guy. I'm not a, I'm not a preacher. 
I'm one that loves Christ and I love people. And uh, I've been given this gift that uh, has brought me this far and I continue to, to serve him. And um, it's just, uh, you know, I do. I do really care about the salvation of people. So if anybody, or if you know of anybody that's suffering, that really needs someone to talk to, just reach out to me. Most of you have received the, the prayers and praises uh, through email. You have my email address. That is temporary until we can get the systems um, up and running. Uh, my phone number is on there. You can call me. Um, I can reach out. So um, my number is available. So it's your choice, folks. No one can choose for you. No one can force you. And my challenge is find, find a friend, find a Christian friend, find someone who is, is needing Christ in their, in their lives and uh, pray for them. Okay. Um, let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to learn about paradise. Thank you for the opportunity to learn about what you have prepared for us. We just can't imagine what it's going to be like until we see you, Lord. We know that through Scripture you describe it as a paradise, and we are just, just so motivated and so blessed that we have a future afterlife. And, and Lord, we just... We just believe in you, and we believe that you will have an answer for all of us. Lord, continue to bless us. And I pray for anybody in this service, in this church, that is hurting, to be in their heart, uplift their heart, give them peace, and then give them love. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.